0: Hey, Hoagie's Garage, back here talking with, uh, talking some dirt with, uh, a fill-in tonight, Tobe Egerson. How's it going, Tobe? Oh, it's going. We're going to see how well it goes here in the next 20 <laughs> minutes to a half hour. Oh, <laughs> uh, so Riley just had something come up and I'm like, hey, I need a guy that's willing to talk and I, I know just who it is. So, so I'm glad Tobe was available short notice, um. We got Blake Anderson on tonight. Uh, I'm actually really pumped about this because, um, you know, he's the announcer for all the All-Star races. And, you know, on Flow, Tobe, we always get to listen to him. We listen to him every time we get a chance to watch the races. So it'll be a lot of fun to see what he's got to say about things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, other than that, we really don't have too much. But... uh, We'll be back when we come back from the break. We'll have Blake Anderson on the phone. like to thank Octane Inc. from T South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, They also do coolers and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, You name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343 it is 800 east prescott in t south dakota and again they're just great people to work with and we're back with blake anderson uh blake could you just give us a little update about who you are and what you do and family or whatever you want to give us
1: Yeah, I I work for Tony Stewart, his Sprint Car Series with the All-Star Circuit of Champions, and I started with the All-Stars not long after Tony bought the series in 2015 and have been with us now. We're going into our eighth season, which is hard to believe. Time flies. (laughs) But before that, I was, well, first off, I graduated from the University of Northern Iowa, and after I graduated, I moved to North Carolina and tried to get a job in racing and ended up working for World Racing Group for a year in the office. I wasn't hardly doing any announcing. I think I maybe announced, I don't know, 10 races in 2014 into 2015 before I started with the All-Stars, and I was just mainly doing marketing work in in the office for them, which was a great experience, learned a lot, and it kind of led to this job, but, I mean, previous to that, I announced at Boone Speedway, and that's where I started in 2005 now, which is, boy, it doesn't feel like that long ago, and I've been announcing half my life, but, my dad kind of forced me into it. We went there every Saturday night, and he told me if I wanted to keep going to the races, I was going to have to get this announcing thing a try. So we did that, announced there for four years, and then got an opportunity at Knoxville Raceway. Worked there for four years and did USAC for a year in between that while I was in college for an internship and got to travel up and down the road with USAC for a year, and that was, that was a really good experience. That's how I kind of learned to be the series guy, hit, hit, take care of our partners, that get us up and down the road and, and kind of be the guy every night, which was a big change for me that I've never really gotten to do that. I was always kind of the the number two guy at Knoxville, just learning from Tony Bockhove there. And then pre- previous to that, Denny Grabenbauer and and Toby Cruz, who I think are a couple of the better announcers in the country, to inform and entertain. And that's what they harped on me when I started announcing. you got to inform and you got to entertain. And, uh, boy, they taught me the ropes. And then I just kept growing and, and learning and Tony – Bachoven just kept pushing me to continue to get better and been lucky to learn from a lot of great announcers through the years, that's for sure.
2: So then back when you were doing like Boone, were you doing the Nationals and stuff then too?
1: Yep, yep I was, which was cool because I mean growing up, I grew up 20 minutes from Knoxville Raceway and we only went down maybe once or twice a year. My dad worked at Maytag and he was on Maytag Motorsports, which is their motorsports group at Maytag and we'd go down for Maytag night because he was a big part of that. And then my neighbor, actually, has never missed a Knoxville Nationals. And I, I'd either go down with my dad for a night at Nationals, or I'd go down with Carl, my neighbor, which was always kind of cool. And I always paid attention to sprint cars, knew who they were. Growing up 20 minutes from Knoxville, like Nationals time, all those guys would be, a lot of the guys would be staying in Newton. So i get to ride my bike across town and see them working on their sprint cars before they'd head down to Knoxville for their for their qualifying night at Nationals, which was pretty neat. But. Yeah, growing up, Boone Speedway was it for me. Every Saturday night, my dad was from Boone. He grew up there, so my grandma lived in Boone. And the Super Nationals was like, that was my countdown every year. And my dad really was telling me, don't count that down and wish the summer away. I never understood <laughs> that now that I'm 32. I absolutely understand what he was saying. Like, man, I look forward to Knoxville Nationals, but darn it, I don't want the summer to be going yeah, away. It
2: goes by fast enough.
1: <laughs> Boy, it does. Yeah.
2: That Boone thing, that's quite an event, that Nationals, how many races they can run through in a week's time down there with that thing. That's like a chili bowl on a more local level, you could say.
1: It is nuts. I mean, eight, almost 900 entries now. I mean, I remember growing up in here, I would only get to go, I'd get to go on Monday, and then my dad would go the rest of the week, and then he'd come pick me up from school on Friday, and I'd get to go Friday and Saturday. My parents wouldn't let me miss school. So he'd be calling during the breaks, and I remember, I mean, They'd have 400 modified, they'd have 10, or 40 10-car modified heats, and you had to win your heat to make that tonight's qualifying A, where they'd only take the top three out of that. It was just, it was madness. I didn't miss a nationals. I went 94 to 2012, and then last year I flew back and was my grandfather's 90, 90th birthday party, so that coincided with super nationals. So I got to get back for one night of qualifying at super nationals for the first time in almost nine years, which was pretty neat. It's hard to... I guess I appreciate it more now than I ever have, of just getting to sit at a race with my dad and be a race fan.
2: Yep, not have to be announcing or being involved. Just <laughs> exactly. sit back and enjoy.
1: Yeah. I, I miss those days. I guess you kind of take them for granted growing up, and then as you get older, it's like, man, I just, I just want to be at the, a race with my dad, sitting down like I'm six years old again. Hey, so
0: just curious, have, have you ever driven a uh, race car? A sports car, no. hobby stock, anything. Have you ever driven anything? <laughs>
1: I have not, and ironically, Jamie Ball is one of my good friends, and he's kind of been on me about that the, uh, the past couple of months, actually. So I don't know. I mean, I'd like to. It's just the opportunity's never really presented itself. And I'll be honest, I'm not a real mechanically inclined person, so working on a race car has never really been up my alley. So I'd have to be one where I'd show up and just hop in a car. You know, one of those drivers.
0: Are, do you think you're crazy enough to be a race car driver? I mean, they're, I they're a little crazy. crazy.
1: They are. To be a race car driver and and, and actually race one, no. To get in one and try it, yeah, I'd like to do that. And I honestly feel like it'd give me a better perspective as to what's happening, so I'd like to do it. but On the track all by myself. Exactly. Not a single, and I quickly learned with that iRacing, you know, you can put on the 3D goggles and stuff, and I quickly learned doing that, boy. I don't think I'm cut out to drive these things because if there's a crash clause, it's going to be an expensive night.
2: (laughs) You can say that again. (laughs) So another question for you. Working with Flo and with Tony and stuff, how do you get to each race? I mean, do you have to drive from race to race? Do they fly? Do they supply you with a car? Or how does that all work?
1: So the first three or four years we had the series, I drove my own car, and then I'd fly with Tony when I could, when he was not – By the time NASCAR slowed down, he was flying a little bit more. So I would fly part of the time to races with him because I live in Indianapolis. He's in Columbus. We kept his – we keep his plane here in Indianapolis. So I would just meet our pilot at the airport in Indy. We'd hop on. We'd fly 10 to 15 minutes down to Columbus, drop down, pick him up, and then fly to where we were racing to. But then 2019, midsummer 2019 – we got a, a pace truck from Ford, and ever since then I've been driving that. And ironically, today I just picked up our Ford Ranger pace truck at the dealership here in Indiana today for our for our new season. So that that'll well, so be you, the you truck just, that I drive every race.
2: You drive that to each track, then. So yep. How far in advance you got to be there? Like, say the race to start at seven. When do you got to be there?
1: We shoot to be there one thirty okay. two. So between one and two, usually, I mean, obviously some days it's easier to get there at one than others, but we like to be there early, get our banners hung up. And that allows me to get, finish my notes, put any finishing touches I, I've put on. I mean, when you, I've been lucky enough to be around Johnny now doing this for quite a while. And I've kind of taken a lot of what he does and kind of learned. And he's been a big help as to leaning on him on what he does. And we, we chat quite a bit about things like that. So I've kind of catered how i prepare for a race more towards the style that he does and, and i appreciate how much work he puts in to do it but uh, a lot of times yeah the first hour or two i'm at the racetrack i'm i'm finishing up some notes on who i think is going to be there and then from there it's just making minor adjustments okay this person didn't show up oh this person did so i need to get some notes on get, now. The,
0: get the lineup ready
1: exactly
0: have you have you ever kept track of how many miles you put on for the whole season
1: Man, last year it was like twenty five thousand, right? In that neck of the woods, twenty twenty five thousand. So, it's a lot of windshield time. It's a lot of podcast time. Is what it is. Pending who I'm writing with, what I if I'm by myself, I usually listen to uh, listen to podcasts, knock that out, catch up on what what's going on with the Iowa Hawkeyes and a couple other podcasts from Central Iowa. So I keep more in touch with what's happening in Central Iowa than I do in Indiana, where I've lived for almost eight years now.
2: Uh, it's hard to leave Iowa once you've been. It here. is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I love Iowa. I know I'm very I'm very. Some people might get a little annoyed, but I am very proud to be from Iowa.
0: That's good. We're we're proud of you too from being from Iowa.
1: <laughs> Appreciate it. I, I it's 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 God's country. What else can you say? There you
0: go. You get to see
2: all the seasons. That's for sure.
1: You you darn right. You do.
2: So have you ever had like a really terrible or a rotten experience getting to a track, like the pickup breaking down or anything or rotten weather?
1: Not too bad. I, I mean, uh, two years ago during Speed Week, I woke up and the left rear tire was flat on the Raptor in the hotel parking lot. But thankfully, we were able to get it pumped up just enough to get me the racetrack at that point. When we were at Wayne County, we were staying in Worcester, which is only like nine miles away. So I was able to get there. And Eric, our series director, is super handy. So he was able to plug, put a plug in the tire. And that lasted to that plug when we sent it back to Ford. about a month and a half ago so that plug was in that tire for (laughs) over a year and a half and so he plugged it pretty good but outside of that knock on wood it there haven't been too many bad experiences well that's great two flat tires on the raptors it
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hey we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with blake the laurel ridge barn it can host corporate events fundraisers award ceremonies family reunions photography studio time and always weddings this barn is absolutely spectacular if you have not seen it you have to go to their website laurelridgebarn.com you can also call them at 605-951-0867 you can call or text that number again, that's 605 951 0867. They are located at 47677 Slip Up Creek Road. No, I didn't make that up. It's 47677 Slip Up Creek Road in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So if you have a wedding or any of those other things, give them a look because I'm telling you, this place is amazing. And we're back with Blake. Hey, Blake, um, I'm always kind of shocked that, you know, you know every single driver. Um, You know, you said a little bit earlier, you you get to track 30, 2 o'clock, something like that, for a race that night. I mean, I I would expect you to know the All-Stars, obviously, but um, you go to a lot of tracks and you get a lot of locals, and when we listen to you, you still you still know like all their sponsors and who they are and I mean you just do such a great job how do you get all that in such short notice
1: so when a driver races with us for the first time they have to fill out a driver info sheet that's got their w9 on it and all that good stuff name hometown so I, I, I put a blank on there that it's their top four sponsors so that's how I get their sponsors and a lot of it before that, like I was in at Knoxville, it was Tony and I walking the pits and oh this guy hasn't this car hasn't raced with us. I need to get their sponsors. So I'd walk up to RS, okay, driver, hometown, and give me your top four sponsors. And that's how that went. And I still do that on occasion, but getting to know the drivers, I mean, I just I pay a lot of attention to racing. I try to keep close as to what's going on, watching sprint cars, whether it's on flow or dirt vision, and try to consume as much wing sprint car racing as I can. But I remember when I started announcing, my dad told me you you can't tie yourself down to just one sport or one form of racing. You need to know everything. You need to appreciate all these. Years. So I, I pay a lot of attention to a lot of different forms of racing too, which keeps me on my toes. And I get to do a couple late model races a year and some midget and non-wing sprint car stuff. So that, that helps too. But I, I genuinely like it. So it's interesting. And I, I love digging for info on these drivers, how they're doing in points, how many wins they have. So I thoroughly enjoy that, which makes the prep for a race a little bit easier, but it is a lot of work, and, and my race pass becomes my best friend to try to figure out how a driver's doing through the year, and hopefully most of the races are entered on there, so I don't look like too much like an idiot, which me looking like an idiot doesn't take much.
2: Yeah, well, for race nerds like us with Flow and Dirt Vision and all that, you get to see so much different racing that we're normally not exposed to. You know, they yeah, cover just, everything, so it makes it really fun part. for us.
1: It is. I, I, Thoroughly enjoy that. I'm getting to watch. I mean, tonight, Lucas Loyola Late models are racing, so as soon as the Iowa basketball game's over, I'll flip over on my iPad and Math TV Plus and hop on the Lucas race and see how things are going there.
2: There's always something to watch. But um, Another question for you. Um, obviously, Let's say, what's your favorite track to go to? And let, let's not say the worst one out there, but what tracks – maybe aren't the best or which ones are hard to make work with flow i mean sometimes we get it you know there's not like good reception for the broadcast yeah. and stuff
1: so favorites i mean Knoxville's the obvious yeah. one it's home yeah. for me i grew up 20 minutes in there i can see my high school buddies my parents live just west of des moines now as of about a year ago so i can now i can get back home and see them and see everyone in Knoxville. i mean my second family is in knoxville my parents moved after I graduated high school, so when I started in at Knoxville, they were up in Sioux City, which is four and a half hours from Knoxville, so I had to stay in Knoxville, and the Rankin family kind of took me in, and Austin, he is on the fire crew, has become my, my best friend, so I, I stay with them about a block from the racetrack, which is really nice, they're so welcoming, and they take care of me, and I really do appreciate that, but outside, I love getting to Kokomo, that's one of my favorite places to watch a race eldora just just walking into eldora it has a feeling to it you know it's a big event when it's there port royal is an absolute blast in there and, and I, we just have a good time at port royal with all their employees and i enjoy central pennsylvania their fans are their fans are different i mean they are intense they love their sprint car drivers and boy do they wear their emotions on their sleeves and they sometimes it makes me want sometimes it makes me want to pull my hair out <laughs> but most days I appreciate it. I'll say that. But I tracks I don't enjoy going to. I the little ones there's not really a track that I don't enjoy going to. I'll say that with a yeah. sprint car. I mean, we're, I'm lucky. I get to watch 410 sprint, wing sprint cars almost 100 nights a year. By the time I, it's all said and done. But tracks that are tough, the tough ones for us with Flow on the broadcast side are are ones if I have to announce in the infield, it doesn't bother me to announce in the infield. I mean, I announced at the State Fairgrounds on Friday night when I was in high school for two years. So the, the PA tower for the Iowa State Fairgrounds was in the infield, so I was kind of used to circling and turning around, so it doesn't bother me too much. But it makes it difficult on the setup-wise to get our audio out to our production trailer on those kinds of nights. So those are the difficult ones when you're in the infield. And, and reception-wise... We had problems at Atomic, but I think now as technology has evolved, we've got devices that enable us to get better reception at the racetrack. So I'll be interested to know, since we got these TVU units, how that helps us there. Uh, I know we had some problems at I-70 a little bit last year, but I'm not sure if that will persist. But that place is beautiful. I mean, that track is incredible there outside of Kansas City. But really anymore, reception-wise, I don't feel like – Knock on wood, there's that many tracks we struggle at anymore because of technology continuing to evolve and some of these racetracks updating as they need internet. And I feel like anymore you have to have internet at the racetrack, which that's what we work off of if we can.
0: So
2: many tracks have made so many improvements. You know, We're 20 minutes from Houston, so that's obviously the favorite place we get to go to. Oh. And The improvements that Todd made up there are just incredible.
1: It's I was blown away. I didn't get there. I got to husett's well, my parents are in Sioux city once when I was in college during summer break when I was back for a weekend and we weren't racing at Knoxville and it was really neat. And then I got back when the all-stars for the first race of Houston's returned two years ago. And I couldn't believe it. It yeah. was like a complete different racetrack. And I can only imagine the improvements that Todd has made there. Cause I mean, I went to Jackson motor or Jackson speedway or was it Jackson speedway? Yep. That's now Jackson motorplex But yep. uh, I went to Jackson before Todd got it, back when it was the big half-mile at the fairgrounds, and then now he changed the name to Jackson Motorplex and got there, and it's like, that place is, was, it wasn't even, it was hardly even recognizable what he did there. It was, it was pretty darn cool.
0: So you said, don't be afraid to ask you anything, so I'm going to ask you this. Why are the All-Stars not at usage?
1: Oh, it's just, it's tough for us to get up there because, you think when we're at Knoxville and on that Sunday a lot it's it's a lot of our teams are heading back east and for us to go five and a half hours up northwest it's just it's just tough on our teams and that's before a big week. So it just hasn't worked out to get back up there and I'm not saying it won't work out again. I, I hope it does. I hope we're able to get back up there because I really enjoyed it. But I just know the last couple of years it just hasn't been in the cards because of just logistics and some politics in there a little bit, nothing bad. I mean, we we certainly appreciate Todd and all he's done, and I still talk to him every time I see him, and and Luke, they're they're great. We meet with them every year at Nationals and sit down and try to figure out, okay, can it work this year? It just hasn't worked out yet, but I'm not saying it won't work out in the future.
0: A a weird side note is that Luke is uh, my brother Dean's, what would it be? Nephew. Nephew. So oh, really? that's, oh, that's, that's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> Luke and I always, Luke's a good guy. Anytime we get together, I feel like we talk racing for maybe 30 seconds and then we talk Iowa football. There you go. For the next half hour. <laughs>
0: Those are some more good Hawkeye fans.
1: What's, they are.
0: What's, uh, what's the best race you have ever called?
1: Oh, man. Sammy at the 50th is up there. I got to call that. I was calling that with uh toby cruz i believe it was and dave arger right it's dave reef that sticks out the one that sticks out the most to me is indiana midget week 2011 at at lincoln park speedway Putnamville, indiana about 45 minutes west of indy it was brian clausen kyle larson and brad coon battling for the lead and on the last lap bc went into turn three and third and ripped the top and won the race off the high side of turn number four which is if you got to watch brian race much him ripping the high side was not a sight you saw a ton you yep. so that kind of adds to it but that that race always sticks out and now since brian's passed it just became it becomes it means a little bit more to me but brian was a super close friend before that he was my roommate that summer so that was pretty neat to see him to see him get that win and Kyle was you know just kind of becoming Kyle Larson I think it was the following night he got his first USAC midget win at, at Bloomington Speedway it was right in, it was that week that he got his first midget win but to, and Brad Coon was always tough in a midget
2: but another question then I'm I'm sure there are some sprint car drivers that are easier to talk to than others do you have any that you have more fun interviewing or that you look forward to interviewing more than maybe than others or,
1: Br- or Brian was always one that was always, because we were close, it's, can we get through the interview without laughing? And that was always kind of the Ryan joke. Can can we not be schoolgirls in in an interview? Um, Greg Hodnett before was always one of my favorite interviews because he was so articulate in the way that he explained things. And it made it so easy for a follow-up question. Shane Stewart was a driver, is a driver that I always look forward to interviewing. He was so easy to talk to, super easy to interview. Tyler Courtney is probably one of the easier guys to interview. And then you got guys like one that is a challenge, but I enjoy it is Danny Dietrich because you just don't know what Danny's going to say. And it makes it fun. (laughs) I enjoy it. I enjoy Danny. I mean, I appreciate what Danny does for our sport. I love that. He loves to be kind of the guy that would just say it. He's not, he doesn't care about the ramifications. He's just going to say it. And we need more guys like that. in this sport, as many headaches as sometimes it causes it's, at the end of the day, I appreciate that he's just willing to speak his mind.
2: You ask my wife, she'll tell you that my mouth engages before my brain sometimes, so well, I can understand <laughs> that.
0: I think we're all that way, right? <laughs> oh, Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. like to thank Octane Inc. from T South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their raps. They rap. Golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks, it doesn't matter. Uh, Side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, They also do coolers and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, You name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing. And I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with all right um we're back with blake hey blake uh i think sprint car racing is on the rise um do you think that has something to do with kyle larson do you think it's because of flow and the other dirt vision um but do you see sprint car racing being on the up and
1: up absolutely do i think it's it's a little bit of a mix of what you just mentioned i think guys like Kyle and Christopher coming in winning sprint car races and being such big advocates of dirt track racing and really kind of pushing it a lot on Sundays and winning that, that certainly helps, but also, you know, the the fact that you can turn on flow or you can turn on dirt vision and watch every outlaw race and watch every all-star race when four years ago, you couldn't do that. You, you could get, you know, dirt vision, maybe had twenty five outlaw races out of the nearly 100 and speed we were partnered with speed shift and they maybe had 30 of our 60 races so half of our schedule and a quarter of the outlaw schedule is covered so now it's every single night we're live and people lose their minds if you know the connection isn't the greatest at a racetrack but get all them, not all we, them comments on twitter complained well (laughs) exactly (laughs) we got three
2: tvs going so one out of the three is going to have a good race going for us so
1: that's not bad you know you're you're batting pretty good right there that's all Fame numbers
2: (laughs) (laughs) so if one track ain't working we just got to watch a different one for a little while Just turn
1: on the other one but i think it's 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 honestly a little bit of both of that i i love that the way our sport's trending and we're we're gaining ground and purses are getting to where they need to be and we're getting major events and you know, some of that has to do with the streaming because I feel like the streaming has made it bigger. If you run a great program, people are going to want to be at the racetrack instead of sitting at their house. So it only makes you want to go. Now it can hurt some racetracks. If you don't run a great program, it's probably going to hurt you because you're going to watch it and be like, man, I don't want to waste my time going there, but yeah. the good racetracks, it's only going to help you. And that's, that's been great. And I mean, flows, dirt visions, giving back and, Flow's really giving back. I mean, you look at Eldora. We've got a million dollar to win late model race at Eldora Speedway this year. That without Flow Racing, that would never have happened.
2: No, that's great too. That's wonderful. What do you? What do you? What does the future hold for you in sprint car racing? I mean, you see yourself doing this long term, or?
1: That's a that's a good question. I, I'll be honest. When I took this job in 2015, I kind of thought. I was living in Charlotte. I thought, man, yeah, I need something. You know, the, my job at World Racing Group was backed by the S.T.P. sponsorship, and that partnership went away. So it was kind of, man, I don't know what 2015 is going to bring for me job wise. I've, you know, I still have a job right now, but I don't know. Are we going to get to the middle of 2015? I am, I guess, still have a job when we just lost our biggest partner. So when I came to the All Stars, it was kind of like. ah, I'll do this two years, two, three years, and I'll get in, and then I'll go to Tony and say, hey, can, can you fit me in somewhere on the NASCAR team? Well, <laughs> yeah. here we are, Here we are on season eight, and guess what I'm still doing? So I, I love what I get to do, and I don't take for granted that I am one of the few people in the country lucky enough that I get to literally make a living on salary going to sprint car races and calling these amazing races on Flow Racing and I don't take that for granted. I mean, I imagine at some point things will change, but it's hard telling if and when, I don't know, you know, the is always open for other opportunities, but I love where I'm at. I love who I'm working for. Tony takes great care of us and we've got great partners with the all-stars that I really enjoy getting to interact with each and every week on the marketing side of things, which is the other part of my job. I thoroughly enjoy that and getting to getting to work with people. I love meeting people and, That's kind of been the thing that's stunk the most during the pandemic for me is, you know, at times I'm a little bit more hesitant to go out and meet people just because of COVID. And I'm trying to, you know, make sure I'm not missing races. I mean, obviously at Knoxville, I'll go out and do things. But there are times like, okay, this is a little uncomfortable for me. Like Chili Bowl this year, I didn't get to go out. So, But I, I really love what I get to do. So I guess... I don't have an exact answer for that for you. I and mean, I can see myself doing this another 20 years, and you, you never know. Next year, a wow. unique opportunity may pop up, and that's the route we go.
2: We never know the future, but as long as you're loving what you're doing, I wouldn't change it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not, let's put it this way I'm not <laughs> looking to make any changes at this point in my life, unless someone comes up and backs a Brinks truck up. <laughs> yeah. At one point, Tony told me if someone was well, like a year ago, when I was talking to Tony, he said, "If someone backs a drink tr- truck up to you, you better spend it fast because you're not going to be alive very long." So <laughs> I get my hands on here. So like, well, at least I know I'm appreciated. Yeah.
0: Hey, what what's Tony like for a boss? I mean, is he like truly your boss, or is there several steps to get to Tony, or how's that all I, work for you?
1: My direct boss, his name's Jerry Frued, and he's awesome. I, I love working for him because there's no, you know, where you stand, and I appreciate that. He's not he doesn't hold back, you know. Okay, hey, I gotta get this done. There's no him hawing. Tony is we interact with Tony quite a bit, especially on the rules side. We've seen, you know, and, and everything else. I mean, I talked to Tony. Used to be a lot more because he was racing with us a lot more. And then last year he was doing a lot of NHRA stuff. So he just texts us after the races. But he certainly pays attention as to what's going on about every night and knows, you know, what's happening with the outlaws and what's happening with us. He's very hands-on with our rules and, and format stuff that we we bring to him that teams mention to us because we love to, we have an owner's meeting and we let our teams, Hey, what do you guys, what changes do you want to see made? And then we'll vote on things. And if it's close, we kind of bring Tony in and what his thoughts are. So he's very hands on from that aspect. He's, he is great to work for. He, he's one of those where he's, you know, I hired you to do a job. He doesn't really keep his thumb on us. He lets us work and we have a say with the series, which is really cool. Cause it, it, we all have a sense of pride in what the all-stars have become because we've put so much heart and soul and sweat and blood and tears into this, that it's pretty cool to see where the series is sitting right now compared to where it was when we got it, when it was hanging on by a thread.
2: Yeah. It's come a long ways. Like you said, just the purses and stuff that are out there now and the different tracks getting involved more.
1: I mean, we've got to, it's always a good thing when you have more tracks that want you than what you can put on the schedule. And some of the tracks, that's not realistic because of scheduling and location like two years ago, we had a track in Hawaii reach out to us. Well, as much as I love to go to Hawaii, I don't think that our Pennsylvania teams are going to be too happy that we're telling them, Hey, you got to tow your race car to the other side of the globe. Because we're going would... 12000 to win.
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe if it was a million-dollar race to win and 700000 for second, you might get a few to go.
1: I know. I told, him, I told my boss, I said, well, here's the deal i cut with them. You can pay what you want, but the employees on the all-star side, it's all expense paid. They're paying for our flights. They're paying for our stay. And they're paying for us to be there for a week after the race. Then, yeah. You know, if we get 12 cars, so be it. I don't care.
2: <laughs> you will enjoy it while you're there.
1: Yeah, but if they can't make that happen, then I don't know if that's really what is best for the All-Stars.
0: <laughs> have you have you uh, talked to some of the drivers? What has parts and stuff been like this year? I mean, I, I know we heard last year a lot of rumors that these guys just couldn't get parts towards the end of the year.
1: It's ironic because I was putting our pit list together and kind of getting some things taken care of tonight here at the office because we've got a, a snowstorm coming our way, ice storm, so it's going to maybe – make me have to adjust my departure date for Georgia up a day and I was putting that together and I texted Terry McCarl I said hey we have you for some reason East Bay wasn't on here and that's a track you're running right he said yeah absolutely so okay see you in Georgia and he said well I'm not going to make Georgia now because I'm waiting on parts and as of Monday night at six o'clock I don't have the parts I need to be able to race so we're kind of taking it day by day and I know at TSR between the Nitro teams now and the And Donnie's 15 team, I mean, we're like the UPS shipping headquarters over there. As much as the, the UPS guy, you might as well just stay at the race shop.
0: Yeah.
1: I know they're having problems. I mean, I talked to Paul Kissler on the phone last week that owns Kissler Engines, and, and he's a great partner of the All-Stars. It has been since we got the series, and he told me he's got a slew of motors that are sitting, like 40 of them that are sitting there just waiting on one part or another before they can go out. So.
0: Not
1: not a chip though, or anything like that. <laughs> no, no chip. You know, just like, yeah, not the car industry. Absolutely, that's a whole other story. But uh, he told me. I, I said, "Paul, if I wanted to order a new motor right now, when could I have it by?" And he told me, "You could have it, you know, November." Oh man. If I can get everything, so wow. it's hopefully we're getting to a point. We talked to Neil Comment who's Tire, and he said. Their supply is good right now with Sprint Car Tires. Maybe in Georgia we're going to have a two-tire limit per night per team on how many they can purchase at the tire truck. But depending on how that goes and how tire wear is down south, we may be able to lift that. But uh, Neil's pretty confident we're going to be good and we shouldn't have any tire shortages. It's just, as we've had to tell teams over the course of the last year, maybe not going to have the tire you want. We're going to have a tire for you, but it may not be the exact, you know, stamping on it that you're going to want it may be 106 and you want a 109 or you know whatever
2: sure but that's just what they're going to have to deal with you that's, know, Hopefully you're just
1: going to have to do a little more work right
2: hopefully we don't you know as the season runs you know we don't start running out of motor parts or something you know well,
1: i i hope not i mean i know it's. team guys
2: not be able to show up at the track just because they can't get parts
1: i know that was for one of our major teams last year post knoxville they told us if we lose some motor at knoxville we don't know if we're going to be able to finish the year, and thankfully they didn't, but I talked to a team at Chili Bowl that said they took a motor back to their motor builder in March of last year, and they just got that motor back last week.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Man. So, I mean, it sat there for 10, 10 months, and yeah. it was paid for in March. So it wasn't like, oh, hey, we're waiting on – no, it was oh, yeah. paid yeah. for in March and just waiting for a, a part here or there.
2: Well, then the rumors we were hearing were true anyhow. <laughs>
1: they are, and it's – I, Terry and I were talking about tonight tonight. It's hopefully – hopefully we can get through this year and then there's light at the end of the tunnel that may be some normalcy for 2023. But I mean, man, yeah. like look. we talked about at the top of the podcast, I hate to whistle a whole season away. So yeah, well,
2: let's they look on the time. positive side. Let's hope they get it figured out by June. They get it all solved. And we have all Gosh. kinds of parts laying around.
1: I hope so. I hope that's the problem where we've got more parts than we need. And it's, you take a motor back and it's back to, okay, we'll have it to you in a week. But, I guess we'll we'll tackle that when we get there, right?
2: Besides now the part shortage, whatever. Um, what do you see for the season? For like, you know, who do you expect to see on top of the All Stars? What's your best guess?
1: Man, it's, I mean, Tyler is going to be tough, but I really think Corey. I think Corey is more focused in there, more dialed in at the task at hand. It's his fourth year back with the series. I think he'll be. He'll be a tough competitor this year with the All-Stars. I'm really interested to see what he can do. Hunter Schoenberg is one where Hunter got stronger last year as the season went on, and they got a bigger trailer this year and changed some things in the program inside the trailer that I think are going to help them on race night. And I know that Cap Henry feels more prepared than ever going into a season, so that's interesting. We've got a good core group, and I feel like it goes back to what we talked about a bit ago about the strength of sprint car racing. You look at the amount of young talent in our sport of drivers under the age of 30 that Maybe the NASCAR clock is expired, so we don't have to sweat about losing them there that are going to be sprint car drivers for the foreseeable future. It's pretty darn exciting. They, I mean,
0: got, there's, there's probably more fans at a sprint car race than there is at NASCAR. <laughs> okay, I didn't.
1: Say that, but, sure, I, I can tell you uh, <laughs> there was an Xfinity race at Chicagoland a couple years ago, and we raced at the dirt track at Joliet that that night. And there were more fans at our dirt track race that night than there were at the race that day. But that day, Joliet, Illinois was literally the hottest place on the planet that day. <laughs> we were watching the weather channels 115 degrees. Oh God. And it was absolutely miserable.
0: How many how many confirmed drivers are there for the All-Stars this year?
1: We're we're still open on that. We we just got our membership out last week, but I know almost every one of our drivers is back from last year outside of CJB. They're going outlaw racing with Spencer based. so Paul McMahon, CJB, they're gone. We're picking up Kevin Thomas jr. And, and Tim Schaefer, he'll be an all-star this year. So I think we're going to be right around 11, which is great. 10 to 12 is kind of the honey hole for us on making sure that all of our teams are taken in good care of with tow money. And we don't have to kind of cut corners there to make sure on, to get everyone paid where we got to take a little here to get a little there. We can just give everyone their full toe. And then, uh, I feel like you bring 10 to 12 cars and the locals feel like they have a pretty good chance to make some A's, so it really helps the car count, too, because there's kind of a, a tipping point where if you have too many big teams that run with you, the locals feel like they don't have a chance, and then they don't really show up and run with you. Whereas,
2: Yeah, then you I'm, only end I'm up with 20 of, cars or something all together on the night. So
1: Exactly, and I'm not as big of a car count guy as I used to be. I used to think, oh, grace is dictated by a car count. Now, I'm like, you know, we just need, just give me 24 cars. Give me 24 cars. We've got a full field, and we're gonna put on a good show for you. And anything beyond that is obviously, it's just crazy. All right. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. what do you do? Run a five car B? You know, if you got 30 <laughs> yeah. cars or something.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it's just, uh, it it is cool to have big car counts. I will say that because everyone gets excited about that. You know, a lot of fans get pretty 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 jacked up about a big car count, which is really cool to see. But I don't. We've yeah. had some pretty damn good races through the years with 24 cars in the pit area. Well, you get a whole bunch right. of cars.
2: Sometimes you're there the next day, yet.
1: Exactly. I mean, you think, man, we do one car qualifying in speed week with 55 cars, and that's almost an hour yep. at some track. So, and that gets nauseating.
0: Yeah, you bet.
1: You see it at Knoxville. Once time trials finish at the Nationals, then it starts to empty and the stands fill up. And yeah. qualifying at Nationals is the most important two qualifying laps of the entire season for guys yes
0: absolutely so hey uh we're gonna take our last little break and then we're gonna come back just with some rapid fire questions for blake see how he does on some of these so all right taking a break the laurel ridge barn it can host corporate events fundraisers award ceremonies family reunions photography studio time and always weddings this barn is absolutely spectacular if you have not seen it you have to go to their website laurelridgebarn.com you can also call them at 605-951-0867 you can call or text that number again that's 605-951-0867 They are located at 47677 Slip Up Creek Road. No, I didn't make that up. It's 47677 Slip Up Creek Road in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So if you have a wedding or any of those other things, give them a look because I'm telling you, this place is amazing. And we're back. I can't speak. (laughs) It's Blake. All right. This is just some rapid fire here. Um, what kind of car do you drive?
1: Ford Fusion.
0: What's the fastest you have ever driven a car on the highway? No cops are listening.
1: No cops listening. Uh, we took, I, I had my Thunderbird at 112 in high school. It was, it was a V8. And the hit. Hit the rev limiter, or you know, hit the governor to 112. That was pretty thrilling. You know, you're 17 years old, and it's you and your buddies on a back highway outside of Newton, Iowa. Like, How fast will this <laughs> thing go? Let's find out.
0: So, so I've, we've done two race car drivers. We've done Lee Goose Junior. And uh, and I always say Goose, but it's not Goose. Is it Gauss or something like that? Go- goes, goes and because he goes fast. Um, and then uh, gotcha. Justin Henderson and what uh, Lee said 218 on a crotch racket? something like that yep yeah. and uh, Justin Henderson was 257 or no 157, 157 and the car shut off or something like that so <laughs> I
1: mean, I know I was in a in a Dodge Challenger when they came out with some of our friends up in up in uh, Wisconsin and that, we were 140 150 in that thing but I wasn't driving <laughs>
2: I've never I've never been anything goes that fast. <laughs>
1: My dad's a my dad's a big car guy and but all of our cars there's I think he's at four or five that could easily get there but they're all babied so, so
2: we went for some rides I think in Steve's Thunderbird back or not his Thunderbird but his Roadrunner back in the day but
1: oh there we go I was too it's young to even look that at the, thing.
2: too young to look at the speedometer back then
1: you get a 440 in that and it'll that roar so um favorite
2: flavor of ice cream
1: <sighs> let's go. Chocolate chip cookie dough or bunny tracks is right up there with with blue bunny. That's right up your guy's neck. The woods and Morris Yep.
2: Best race car driver in the world right now,
1: Kyle Larson.
0: Who Who's better, Aussie drivers or American drivers?
1: Oh man, you're putting me on the spot here because my Aussies. Uh, I'm going to go American drivers, but the <laughs> Aussies are the Aussies are. I feel like as competitive as they've ever been.
0: <laughs> there, there you go. Cover yourself. Exactly. Uh, what's the best Christmas present you've ever received?
1: Oh, man. I'm terrible with that stuff because it's all recency bias.
0: Man. If you can't think I, of anything, that's fine.
1: I'm, I am horrible about that kind of, that kind of stuff on remembering things. Now, if you ask me in 20 minutes when I get off the phone, I'll call you back and say, this is, I got this. Uh, I can think of a good birthday present always stuck out to me is Wayne Larson, the Larson family, they raced modified. Wayne's one of the best modified drivers in Iowa history. His son, Adam, was always my favorite driver. And for my seventh birthday, I got door panels off of Wayne Larson, Dane Larson, and Adam Larson. They hung in our garage forever, and now they're going to hang up in the shop, at my dad's shop outside of Des Moines. So that was always the coolest present that sticks out because, you know, I was seven years old, it had a lasting impression on me.
2: Something racing is always cool.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Oh, that one. yeah. So, no. um, how many speeding tickets have you gotten? <sighs>
1: three, that two is... or three, two yeah. or three. I didn't get one for like the first six years, and then I cracked off two in a year when I was up in northern Iowa. <laughs> I went big that year. Then both, ironically, they were both driving to the IMCA Super Nationals when I was hustling to hu- hustling to Boone from my, from you well, and I after class. Get to and act,
2: getting where it's exactly. important to be. Damn
1: exactly. <laughs> right. I, and then I spent my night's pay on a speeding ticket instead of at the bar down the street from our house in college. So,
0: (laughs) Just another side note, Justin Henderson said it's in the 20s. Oh, man. That insurance has to be high.
1: (laughs) Yeah, knock on wood, I haven't got one in four years now. I got one going to Attica during speed weekend. That one was frustrating. He wrote me a ticket for like 64 and a 55 and didn't knock any anything off of it and he had comments and the comments were polite and nice (laughs) and he didn't knock it he didn't give me a discount oh i was going 64 and 55 and he wrote me for 64 and 55 and he had polite and nice on the ticket i still have it in my desk here at work
2: (laughs) (laughs) just to remind yourself
1: yeah like come on man
2: um what's your favorite go-to meal
1: Buffalo Wings. Uh, I think Buffalo Wings, like, bone-in should be a a food group of itself. (laughs) Big advocate of Buffalo Wings.
0: So, you can't say Knoxville because I know that's what you would say. But the the best racetrack in America is, besides Knoxville,
1: Eldor Speedway. Okay. And I'm not saying that because of who I work for. I truly believe that. I mean, the events they have there, sprint cars, late models, incredible.
0: You bet. Which race for a fan is more fun to attend, Knoxville Nationals or the Chili Bowl?
1: Oh, man, Knoxville. You know, I would have said, I don't know, Knoxville's home for me, and I'm biased, and I love, Chili Bowl's great, but I love the Knoxville Nationals, everything about it. The atmosphere, just on Saturday, you can't manufacture that feeling that you get walking underneath the grandstands at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. That's just there. It's It's history. It's an excitement. and I mean, it's an event. Everyone, you got Dingus, which is great. We hang out at the Trunk Bar. You've got people all over, turns three and four, post-race concerts, pre-race concerts. The, the Midway is set up great all around. I mean, just walking around Knoxville, Iowa on Wednesday of Nationals Week, a town of 7,000 people grows to a town of 50,000 people, which is just crazy to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well... Um, just, just, just for a quick, uh, to end it here, a little bit about us is that Lester is a town of 250 people. Um, Folkin brothers trucking is about a mile and a half out of town. So they're, they're always in our garage watching races too, but um, they had a huge year last year being on Kyle Larson's car, yeah. winning, winning the Port Royal and winning uh, Knoxville Nationals and then winning NASCAR Championship. But uh, that's a little bit about Hoagie's Garage. And, you know, we can't thank Flo enough. Uh, we listen to you all the time, Brett. Like Tobe said earlier, we watch – we start out on the East Coast, watch those races first, and then kind of the Midwest races, and then we can end out in California. So, I mean, we – we're in here till 1 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Well, Tob's yeah, I can't but. make it that <laughs> long anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there anything you want to say to end the show?
1: Well, I just – I really appreciate you guys tuning in all the time. It was cool to me the first time you guys were tuning in. It's like, oh, they're from Iowa. It's home. Someone from home. Even though you know, Lester's four and a half, five hours from where I grew up. I mean, Iowa, it's just seeing – something Iowa pop up, made my day, and it's been cool to see you guys regularly tweet us that you guys are watching, and it's it's been neat to be part of the growth process of flow and where we are going into year three compared to where we are where we were going into 2020 is insane, and I know we're going to ramp up things a lot this year. We're adding another camera up top, so we're gonna, we'll have three cameras at every race. We're going to add a pit reporter this year. Georgia Hennaberry is going to be going to races with us. I don't know. You, some might remember her from USAC a couple years ago and just trying to continue to ramp things up on the content side so if your listeners have anything they want us to do any cool content ideas shoot them over our way we're always looking for some fun ideas for to let you guys get to know our drivers and our officials you bet no
2: really appreciate i said i've watched more racing in the last two to three years than i have probably my whole life prior to that
1: isn't it crazy and you've found new tracks too that you probably really like. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I have out in California. You look at Tulare and, and Placerville. Those are two places that and now Chico, those are some tracks that are right up at the top of that list of I've got to get out to California and see. Yeah, yeah. Is that
0: Placerville? Is that the one that's kind of just cutting the hill?
1: Yeah, literally, you'll <laughs> see every once in a while they get shoved off the racetrack going into the three. They'll just monster truck it back on the racetrack. <laughs> yep. It's the biggest wild. problem
2: we have here sometimes is you get three races going, and it's amazing how many times the A features can start at the same time.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because it, the first couple times it happens every year where we push off the same time the outlaws do, our mentions on Twitter go crazy. Like, come on, you guys couldn't have planned it any <laughs> take better. Take a longer <laughs> break. <laughs> I guess, what, I just like, what do you want us to do? Say, hey, folks, sorry, we got to take a 20-minute intermission because <laughs> the outlaw A is pushing on dirt vision. But it is funny how that works, isn't it? You know, you think, gosh, all all the stuff that happens in the night and they're literally pushing at the same time, what are the odds? It happens more often than not.
0: Yeah, I don't think the Rams and 49ers would have started if uh, the Bengals and Chiefs were still playing. <laughs>
1: You're probably right. But I, I'll tell you this. I'll make the Outlaws adjust their schedule there to us go. because I certainly don't want to be sitting at a racetrack for a half hour letting our fans oh. complain because we're waiting for a race to end.
2: We'll, we'll make do. We just got to holler at each other depending on who's watching watch, watch TV or yeah, something exactly. exciting's going on. We just holler at each other and
1: say, look at
0: TV 2.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what you need. Just put, TV, just put numbers on the TV. You so don't have to say, hey, look at Derrick, you have to readjust
0: it. And 2v2, middle. All right. All right. Well, that's what we got. And again, so thankful you came on, uh, Blake. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, you want to push any drivers our way? That would be great. You have my cell Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Happy to help. I appreciate All right. you guys having me on tonight. It was fun. All right. We'll see you later, Blake. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, guys.